Welcome to Tax Avoidance is Legal on TalkZone.com, the show that's here to make the topic of taxes fun and interesting while providing great advice for individuals and small business owners on how to mitigate their tax liabilities. Now, here are your hosts, Craig and Belsis Smalley. Good afternoon, listeners, and thank you for joining us on Tax Avoidance is Legal. I am your host, Belsis Smalley. And I am your host, Craig Smalley. And we are really excited to be live on the air with you. Uh, when we started this, we decided to challenge ourselves by making the topic of taxes fun and interesting. So we ask you not to turn the channel. I know that sounds like, wow, a show all about taxes. This is bound to be boring. But I assure you, we try to have fun and we try to be very informative on our show. And I think today's a very, very good and very important show, wouldn't you say, Craig? Yeah, I would. So today we're going to be talking about the estate tax and the importance of uh, estate planning. So as Belsis mentioned, we're live on the air and we're happy to take calls. The call-in number is one eight 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 go for it or one eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. So we realize that a lot of people are at work and you you may not want to hear your confidential information. Uh, you know, people around you hearing your confidential information. So you can always email us at info at taxavoidanceislegal.com and um, we will uh, answer your emails on the air. And a lot of folks may not realize this, Craig, but you are a certified estate planner, so I definitely want you to mention that and talk a little bit about that. But before we move forward, I just want to stress that the advice given on tax avoidance is legal is general in nature. Craig W. Smalley, EA, and CWSEAPA, LLP, and their associated entities cannot be held responsible for the advice given on this radio show. You should always consult your tax and or legal advisor. And I want to let everyone know that we do have a website. Uh, Tax Avoidance is Legal can be found on the Internet at taxavoidanceislegal.com. And uh, as Craig mentioned, uh, we tend to get a lot of questions emailed through us throughout the week. The email to send those questions into is info at taxavoidanceislegal.com. And what we try to do is any emails that we receive through Wednesday, um, we absolutely feature on Friday's live show. Um, but even if uh, it's past Wednesday and you didn't get a chance to send your question in, please do so because I do check that inbox um, periodically throughout the show. We try to squeeze as many questions as we can into the show. If we don't get to your question live on the air, we definitely will email you back with a response. So you always get your questions answered. Uh, I want to stress that uh, the show is sponsored by CWSEAPA, and we are a nationally recognized brand of accounting, tax, and financial services. And we can always be reached at one 844 CWSEAPA or 844-297-3272. And our sister uh, company, Tax Crisis Center, the nation's premier tax resolution firm, can be found online as well at taxcrisiscenter.com. And um, you can call Tax Crisis Center at 1-855-IRS-2911. Yeah, so Belsis, what sparked today's show was I was listening to the radio and apparently Paisley Park, where uh, Prince lived, is going to be opening as a museum in October. Oh, wow. That, that's pretty interesting, I think. Um, what do you think Prince would uh, say about that? Do you think that's something that he – I haven't read enough about it to know, so I don't know if this is something that he always planned on doing. Well, no. I mean, nobody plans for their death, Belsis. So, I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, this would be, you know, his his death and, and they would open it up as a museum. So it's it's supposedly supposed to be like Graceland or something similar to that. Hmm, very interesting. Well, um, I, I just wonder, you know, how how he would feel if he knew that they were opening it up so quickly and if it was part of his 
plan. You know what I mean? That's but that's what I meant. Obviously, he didn't. Yeah, know I have. Yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea. Well, that'll be pretty uh, interesting. Uh, I know where you're going with this. Uh, you're probably trying to bring up the point that Prince died without an estate plan. That's right. Yeah, he died without an estate plan. Oh, boy. Uh, so what happens when you die without an estate plan? Why don't you tell everybody? Well, basically, um, if you die without an estate plan, a will, a trust, or, you know, whatever it is, um, you basically, uh, it depends on every state, but you uh, you die uh, something called uh, testate, so, you know, or in a state. So when you die in a state, basically the state decides what happens to all of your assets. So if you have children or Whoever has a claim to the estate, it goes through the probate court and um, it could stay in probate forever. And then everybody that has a claim can file a claim at the probate court. So just imagine how many people would be trying to file a claim. Yeah, that'd be crazy. So how is it that someone with the money that Prince has uh, would not have had an estate plan? That just seemed that just baffles me. I have no idea. I mean, I have no idea. I mean, I talk to my clients about estate plans every year at tax time. So I have no idea. I mean, there's really no excuse for him not to have an estate plan. I think it's one of those things, unfortunately, that people just neglect, right? Yeah, they do, because, you know, nobody wants to talk about their own mortality, you know. So um, it's it's just one of those things. Nobody really wants to talk about death. Yeah. Well, what about taxes and estate? You know, and the estate tax. What are the tax ramifications of the estate tax? Because I know that's one of the things that we we're going to talk about today. And um, I'll be honest with you, it's a, it's a subject that you are obviously the expert on, and I don't know much about. So I'm I'm excited to become just as informed as hopefully our audience will be after today's show. Well, basically, what happens is what you die, uh, you add up all of your assets. So if your assets, if you're single and your assets are um, million, anything over and above that, you're subject to an estate tax. If you're married, you have something called portability. So any portion of the the 5.3 million that you don't take passes on to your spouse. So if you're married, your actual, um, the actual value of the estate has to be more than $10.7 million for you to even be part of um, the estate plan. Mm. Okay, part of the estate tax, right? Estate tax, yeah. So what I'm hearing, is, it sounds like basically most people's estates won't be taxed. So why should they have a uh, estate plan then? That kind of, I think well, that's my, my main question, you know, well, hearing these large figures that you're throwing out. Well, I kind of want to, I kind of want to back up a little bit. You, you said that most estates aren't taxed. So stop and think about this. Let's say that you have a small business or, you know, for farmers even, let's, let's use a farmer. A farmer has a farm and let's say that farm is worth, you know, $5 million and then he has a house and then he has other things. Really quickly, he can get to that $5.34 million, but, um, you know, the, the percentage of people in the, in the United States that fall into the estate plan are probably about 10%. Even if you don't have, even if you, um, aren't subject to the estate tax, you need a basic estate plan because the worst thing that can happen is for the state to decide what happens to all of your assets? So you want to have some sort of plan so the state doesn't come in and tell you, tell you what to do with your assets. Mm, okay. So what exactly, when you, when you say basic estate plan, 
What exactly constitutes a basic estate plan? Well, basically, uh, a revocable living trust, I'm a real big on a revocable living trust over a will, and let me explain why. Um, every will that, so most people know that you, you make a will and, um, that's usually, you know, people's knowledge of, of an estate plan is just a will. The problem with the will is every will goes through the probate process and anybody can contest a will. So, um, that's a problem with the will. So what I like to do is I like to, uh, tell my clients to have a revocable living trust. In a revocable living trust, what you do in your lifetime is you put all of your assets in this trust, you enjoy it throughout your entire lifetime, and when you die, um, the assets just pass to the beneficiaries, and the best part of them passing to the beneficiaries is you can control the way that they pass to them. So, for instance, if you have children that are under 18, you can um, pass a portion of the estate of your estate to them, you know, when they reach certain benchmarks, like when they're 21, you can give them a portion. If they're drug and alcohol free, you can give them a portion, you know, because the worst thing you can do is give an 18 year old a bunch of money because I don't know about most people, but when I was 18, I was pretty stupid. Yeah, I would have, yeah, I would have bought a sports car or something, you know, so, um, in a, in a trust, you can control the way that, um, the money is spent. So, um, with a will, you can't, you've just, but, you know, you've just bequeathed, um, these people all of this money or these assets or, you know, whatever it is. So basically, it sounds like, uh, with the, uh, you know, with the revocable living trust, you have a lot more control over how the money is, uh, handled once you're not around, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so you can, um, you can use these revocable living trusts any way that you want to use them. Now, the best thing about them is that they're, they're known as grantor trusts. So during your lifetime, you enjoy the assets. You can use all the assets unlimitedly, you know, for whatever you want. So, um, that's a really good thing about, um, you know, revocable living trusts. So, um, I, I'm a real big proponent of them and, and I love them. Yeah. Um, I know that we, we have one ourselves and recently just, um, kind of redid things on there. And how often would you recommend folks, um, look at their, you know, wills and trusts and documents like that and revise them? At least once every couple of years, you know, especially if you have a major life event, like you have a child or you get married again or you get married for the first time, you want to go back and revamp everything. You want to redo everything. So it's mm-hmm. something that you should look at at least every couple of years. And I like the example that you gave about kids because, uh, you know, um, folks out there who have assets, uh, you know, usually the if you have children, um, most folks want to leave uh, any assets that they have to their children. That's probably the most common scenario. Um, and, you know, like you mentioned, either either your children may not be of age yet and you want to have certain safety nets in place that you can put in there to make sure that what um, you've worked so hard your whole life to acquire, they don't just go out and blow in, you know, a couple of months because all of a sudden they have all this money. Exactly. And- exactly. So you could put stipulations in a trust. Um, one of the ones that I always talk to uh, parents about is drug and alcohol um 
provision. So if they're on drugs and alcohol, obviously you don't want to give them money because that's just supporting their habit. Mm -hmm. On top of that, if they're in college, you want them to reach a certain GPA. If they have a certain GPA and they're a certain age, you get a portion of the truck, of the, of the assets. So you can really control everything at a trust. And that's why I like them more than I like wills. Also, Trust, revocable living trusts cannot do, do not go through probate. Nobody can contest them. Um, so you don't have to deal with any of that. Mm, okay. Good points to make. And, you know, it's not that you don't, uh, trust your kids, but, uh, you know, kids will be kids. And, um, especially if they're young when something tragic happens, you know, and they haven't had the, ex- the life experience to handle money. Um, you know, this is really a great way to make sure that even though you're not around, you're still kind of looking out for them in a way, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly it. Well, I think uh, we've got a lot of questions that are starting to roll in, but before we even start tackling them, maybe we should take a little break. I want to remind everyone that uh, you can call us at 1-888-GO-FOR-IT or 1-888-463-6748 with your questions, or you can email us info at taxavoidanceislegal.com. On the other side of the break, Craig will discuss, discuss more about estate tax and estate planning. At Tax Crisis Center, LLC, we solve tax problems for a living. If you have a tax problem with the IRS, you've probably been inundated with postcards and letters from different tax resolution companies all over the country. Tax Crisis Center LLC is the country's premier tax resolution company. Unlike other tax resolution companies that will take your money and do nothing for you, once we are retained, we go to work. We get results for our clients and will handle your IRS problem professionally and expeditiously. Don't let the IRS push you around anymore. Give us a call at 1-855-IRS-2911. Email us at help at taxcrisiscenter.com or visit us on the web at www.taxcrisiscenter.com and let your voice be heard. CWS EAPA is a financial services company specializing in taxation and tax-related issues. Tax planning is a year-round activity. The biggest mistake that people make is thinking about taxes during tax time. When you have a complex tax situation, you need to plan for taxes on a year-round basis. Our specialty is mitigating our clients' tax obligations through careful tax planning. Tax avoidance is legal. Call us today at 1-844-CWS-EAPA or 1-844-297-3272. You can visit us on the web at cwseapa.com or email us at info at cwseapa.com. Put us to work for you today. Forming a corporation or LLC can separate personal assets from your business assets. No matter what state your business operates in, forming a corporation or LLC in Nevada, Delaware, or Florida has benefits. For example, forming a corporation in Nevada offers privacy and no corporate income tax. Forming a corporation in Delaware can give you the legal protection of the state of Delaware, which is business friendly. On top of the legal reasons to form a corporation, there are tax benefits as well. Give us a call today at 1-844-CWSEAPA or 1-844-297-3272. 
or email us at info at cwseapa.com. Come and see what you've been missing. Welcome back to Tax Avoidance is Legal on TalkZone.com. Here's Craig and Belsa Smalley. Welcome back to Tax Avoidance is Legal. Today we have been talking about estate tax and estate planning. I want to remind everyone that we are live on the air. Um, our call-in number is uh, 1-888-GO-FOR-IT or 1-888-463-6748. You can also visit us on the web at taxavoidanceislegal.com and use our contact us form to submit your questions or you can email us directly um, with your questions to info at taxavoidanceislegal. We realize, uh, as Craig mentioned at the top of the show, that uh, a lot of folks are at work right now and you may not want everyone in the office to hear you asking a confidential question. Um, so feel free to email us during the show and um, we will try to get to as many uh, emails as possible and get your questions answered. And if we don't get to it live on the air, we will still be sure to uh, reply to you with a uh, response, so you will always get your questions answered. Um, so, Craig, are you ready to tackle a couple of uh, questions, or do you need to elaborate on anything that we were talking about before? We, uh, no, 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 no. Let's go to if you have some questions, let's let's tackle them. I sure do. Uh, we're starting to get some questions here via email. Um, Jack in Denver asks, uh, "How does uh, Colorado treat someone that dies without an estate plan?" Well, every state is different, so I'm not familiar with Colorado state law, but um, typically everybody um, that dies without an estate plan, it, they die in a state. So the state would then um, decide what happens to all of your assets. So that's that's pretty universal, but Colorado might have something strange within it that I don't know anything about. So, um, you know, check with somebody in Colorado. I want to apologize to folks. Today we've decided to bring our dogs in, um, so you may hear some barking periodically. <laughs> that was Craig's bright idea to uh, allow a dog set work day, and uh, maybe we shouldn't do it on the day that we do our live radio show. <laughs> yeah, probably not a good idea. <laughs> okay, so you were saying that um, basically it's different in every state, right? Yeah, it's different in every state, but like I said, typically um, that person would die in a state and um, the state would decide what happens to the assets, and that's pretty universal. But there may be a nuance in Colorado that I don't know something mm-hmm. about, so uh, you may want to think about you know, talking to somebody in Colorado about it. Okay. Um, can you briefly explain, I think this would be helpful to the audience, um, what a trust is? Can you explain what a trust is to the audience? Yeah, basically, so a trust is a legal document made by the grantor. The grantor is you. You're the one that's granting the access. Um, there are three parts to a trust. One is the grantor, the trustee, and the beneficiary. The trustee of the trust is the person that holds the assets. Now, in a revocable living trust, that is a grantor trust, and you are typically the trustee until your death, and then somebody else comes in and, and they're trustee. But the trustee is the person that holds the assets. The beneficiaries are the people that receive the assets. Now, there are revocable trust and irrevocable trust. Revocable trust can be changed anytime you want to change them. Irrevocable trust cannot be changed. So once once you've bound an irrevocable trust, it can't be changed. Okay. So their uh, trust is not a it's not a tax shelter. They're not 
Excluding well, the, the they're, not tax, ta- right? they're not. No, they're not tax shelters, which is a common misconception. But irrevocable trusts are actually taxable entities. So, if you form an irrevocable trust, you have to get an employer identification number. You have to file a tax return, um, and there are tax implications within a revocable trust. Mm, yeah, and I have, I've, uh, you know, that is actually a good thing that you brought that up because I was going to mention that I, I know we, we handle uh, tax returns for irrevocable. Uh, uh, irre- I'm getting tongue tied here. Irrevocable irre- trust. No, irrevocable irre- trust. Yeah, irrevocable. Irre- yeah, and the irrevocable are- ones are the ones that cannot be changed. Correct. Exactly. Perfect. Okay. Ooh, I'm getting tongue tied today with these words. Yeah, let me tell you. So. What have the, why don't you tell folks who are listening, I mentioned this at the beginning of the show, um, that you are actually a certified estate planner. A lot of folks don't realize that. We'll have, you know, even our own clients come in the office and mention, you know, that they, they need help with, uh, you know, an estate plan and, or have questions and you'll, you'll mention to them that you are actually a certified estate planner. Why don't you explain to folks why, why did you become an estate, uh, a certified estate planner? And, and what is it? And, how does it work? Well, that's something well, that a lot of folks don't really know uh, a lot about. Well, basically, uh, a certified estate planner is I was certified. I, you know, took a test. I studied for this. I went to school for it. And, um, you know, I, I got a certification. But basically, I became a uh, certified estate planner because, you know, in 22 years of practice, you know, I've, I've seen clients die and I've seen families torn apart because there was no estate plan in place. So I've seen families argue, I've seen families fight, and it's just ripped families apart. So I decided to become a certified estate planner, um, you know, to help people because, you know, it, it, when somebody dies, the family should be coming together, not being ripped apart over stupid money is, is, is why um, families are ripped apart. So, um, you know, that's pretty much why I became a certified estate planner. Yeah, absolutely. It is very, very sad when when you see that. It's the worst time. Uh, usually it's very high uh, stress time for folks. And, um, you know, the last thing that uh, you should be fighting about or arguing about is money. But unfortunately, exactly. it's, uh, it's one of those things that you just have to deal with, um, you know. So what... What have you learned in the time that you began to focus on estate planning? What are some of the key things that uh, you've learned? Well, a lot of the things I've learned is people don't like to talk about it. They don't want to um, talk about their death. They don't want to talk about estate plans. They don't want to talk about planning for things. But it's something that you have to plan for. Um, you know, it's, it's something that a lot of people don't like to talk about, but You've got to kind of like treat it as, as kind of like a business transaction. Just you have to get it done. It has to be done. And, and, you know, a lot of people don't like to talk about it, but, you know, I'm pretty good at getting them to talk about it and getting those plans done. Yeah, it, it is one of those things, unfortunately. You have to deal with it, and putting it off isn't going to make things better. And um, view it as the way I know we uh, we viewed it, because we do have children, um, is it's it's a way about, uh, you know, a way that we can continue to look after them. I mean, we work hard for our money. Everybody out there works very hard for their money. Uh, and it's basically another layer of protection, like anything else that you do with your finances. It's important that you... 
um, manage it, take good care of it, and go to somebody who's licensed and knowledgeable and, and can help you out. The worst thing you could do is not prepare for the inevitable. And unfortunately, like taxes, death is that other certain thing that you're going to have to deal with at some point. It's going to come, and uh, nobody wants to think about it or, you know, plan for it, but it's uh, it's going to be such uh, so much better for your loved ones if you do that planning ahead and uh, don't burden them with that when they're already dealing with grieving over their loss, you not being in their absolutely. life. Absolutely, absolutely, because because all you're doing is basically doing what the legal document tells you to do, and if anybody has any questions about it, you can point right directly to the legal document and say, this is exactly what I'm doing. So um, it's one of those things that you've got to write it down, you've got to put a plan in place. Mm-hmm, absolutely, you know, don't don't uh, don't avoid that conversation. If you have children, if they're of, of a certain age where they can understand, um, you know, have a talk with them, sit with them, let them know what you're doing, and um, you know, I think it really sets them at ease. Once you get, I know our, our kids are, uh, you know, we have one who's just a, a brand new adult; he's 18, and another one who's 15. So they're old enough to where, you know, they understand uh, how life is. They know that at some point in time we will you know die and um you know it's one of those things that we feel comfortable with our our kids at their current age having conversations with obviously you wouldn't do that with younger children but um you know at a certain age your kids are old enough to understand that you know life happens things happen and that it it almost uh is it's a nice way to help them feel a little safer and more secure knowing that you know certain things are going to be okay if you you know if something were to happen to you that things will be taken care of so um going back to the beginning of the show you brought up a good point you brought up about uh the fact that prince not too long ago was in the news because he passed away and uh we all know you know obviously he had a lot of money um how much will Prince is a, a state have to pay in taxes. Well, between state and federal taxes, you're looking at about 50%. So 50% of his assets wow. are now being paid in tax. Oh my goodness. That's incredible. And, uh, I have a feeling that, uh, there was probably something that could have been done about that. Um, had he planned properly, right? Yeah. Yeah. There was, yeah, there were, there's ways out of it. Yeah. So what, what was there a way out of it? And, and, uh, how does someone um, that is subject to the estate tax get out of it? There's a lot of things you can do. I mean, there's so many things in the estate planning realm that you can do. You can form family limited partnerships. You can put your assets in that and you can have your children as part of that. You can, um, you know, the main thing with, uh, with estate planning is removing things from your taxable estate. So you would just, you know, form different mechanisms and remove these assets from, uh, your taxable estate. And there's, there's a lot of things that you can do. Oh, wow. Here's the problem. Can we take an early break? Because there's some very important things that are going on right now with the estate tax that I want to let the audience know. And it's very, very important because the IRS has just issued a revenue procedure. And with that revenue procedure, you have 90 days to comment on it and then 30 days for it to go into effect. So um, this is going to be long and convoluted, long. So I think we 
should probably go to a break first. Yeah, so definitely. It sounds like it's time for us to take a break. I want to remind everyone that they can call in with their questions, one eight 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 go for it or one eight 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 four six three six seven four eight, or email us at info at taxavoidanceislegal.com. Um, and on the other side of the break, Craig will tackle all these uh, uh, complex issues with the estate tax and uh, the new changes that have come on board. Thanks. Payroll can be a nightmare for a small business. When you have employees, you have to pay them periodically, pay the taxes associated with them, and file quarterly tax reports with the Internal Revenue Service and the state that your business operates in. Our payroll is seamless. It is done through a cloud-based system. All you do is put in what you are paying your employees and approve your payroll. We handle the rest. Our fees are lower than the national payroll companies, too. Call us today at 1-844-CWSEAPA or 1-844-297-3272 or visit us on the web at CWSEAPAPayrollService.com. At Albertus Business Services Incorporated, we view ourselves as your internal bookkeeping department and are always improving ways to leverage proven cloud technologies to streamline and improve the efficiency of our outsourced services. With an in-house bookkeeper, you would run the cost of about 45000 a year. But with our monthly services, it would be a fraction of that cost. Let us help you with the tedious, time-consuming side of your business so you can focus on growing your business. Call us today at 1-877-695-6658. Our website is albernaservices.com or email dalbernas at albernaservices.com. Your success is our business. Welcome back to Tax Avoidance is Legal on TalkZone.com. Here's Craig and Belsis Smalley. Hey, welcome back to Tax Avoidances Legal. Today we are talking about uh, estate tax and estate planning. I want to remind everyone that you can call in with your questions to one eight 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 go for it or one eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. And you can also visit us at taxavoidanceislegal.com or uh, email your questions to info at taxavoidanceislegal.com. And uh, we will be happy to take all your questions by uh, uh, phone or by email. And before we get to Craig's point, um, I wanted to see if we can uh, answer some questions, Craig. Is that okay? Yeah, that's perfect. Let's do it. All right. Uh, We've got a question here from Donnie in Charleston who asks, do states impose an estate tax? Yeah, different states do. Um, Charleston, I think that's South Carolina. I'm not sure if South Carolina does, but, yeah, a lot. most of the states do impose a state-to-state tax. Okay, great. Um, and before the break, you were talking about how to avoid the estate tax, and you said something about um, uh, you wanted to tell the audience about something that was brand new. What is that exactly? So, you know, as we both know, you know, it's common for a family to pass their business on to their children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, how that is usually accomplished is what you would do is you would form like a family limited partnership or a family LLC and a parent would then transfer their ownership interest to these entities at a large discount. So, for instance, if you have a five million dollar business, you would transfer the shares of stock of that business to this family limited partnership 
that is owned by your children or irrevocable trusts of your children or something like that. And you do it. And when you do that, um, the, the partnership gets a stepped up basis, but your children get a discount and you get a discount for gift tax. So, um, that's basically what that means. Mm, okay. You, you, I'm a little confused about the whole discount aspect though. Um, you said that, um, I guess I'm not understanding something. You said something about a discount. Okay. I, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so for instance, you know, if you sold a business to an unrelated party, you would have to pay capital gains tax on the difference between the value of the assets and what you sold the business for, right? We're on the same page mm-hmm. there, right? Yes. So if you transfer your ownership interest to a family company uh, that your children own or you and your children own, and then you don't have to pay tax on that, and the transfer removes the asset from your taxable estate, that's under Section 351 of the Internal Revenue Code. It's just a reorganization of your business. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I'm, I'm sorry. It's just, you know, you are the expert and... I just wasn't understanding exactly what you meant by uh, the, the discount. So uh, don't tell me, uh, is the uh, IRS getting rid of that? Well, after years of failed attempts uh, to get Congress to update the rules, right? So the IRS has gone to Congress and tried to get them to update the rules because you and I both know from what I just told you, people are taking advantage of this, obviously. Mm-hmm. So um, the Treasury Department has decided to pursue its own crackdown and um, in the form of a newly proposed regulation. And that regulation is 25.2704. So I'm sure I'll, I'll remember that tomorrow. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm telling people this because right now it's open for public comment. So the public can come in and comment on this. So, um, in fact, the proposed regulations um, are part of Section 2704. And I'm, I know I'm boring everybody to death. And it's so expansive. I don't really want to get into a lot of it. But it basically would severely limit the use of valuation discounts uh, for any family limited partnership or any family business transfer where the family will re- retain control before and after the gift or the bequeath occurs. So this is a huge deal. Yeah, it sure sounds like it. And you said that uh, it's open for public comment. Um, how, how does that work? I, I really never even thought to do anything so uh Pardon you me just, for you telling just, you this, but I, I find it a little boring. I'm sure you would you would be ecstatic to do that, but you well, know. as you know, I've as you know, I've already commented on this. So mm-hmm. what you do is you send a letter to the chief counsel of the Internal Revenue Service. I've already made a comment on this, so okay, you, you, have. Can, you <laughs> yeah, I have, I have, I, I do it all the time, and these things are open. So mm-hmm. um, basically, what the new rules would include is an imposition of a three year look back period to determine whether a minority valuation discount should apply, limiting deathbed transfer. So somebody that's on their deathbed, you know, and they transfer assets, obviously you can't do that. Um, the introduction of the new disregarded restrictions that would go beyond already ignored applicable restrictions in situations where the family will retain control after the transfer. So what they're basically doing is saying that you don't have this discount anymore. When it transfers over, it doesn't, it's not removed from your estate 
number one, which is the reason why you're doing it. And number two, the family doesn't pick up the discount. So that's horrible. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. So um, how does it get to the point where uh, the IRS had to step in? Well, basically, um, you know, there's there's a 90 day right now. There's a 90 day public comment period. So we kind of went through that a little bit. Um, but where the IRS stepped in, it's kind of a long story. But um, basically, we're talking about um, IRC code section 2704. And I promise not to bore everybody, but um, we have to talk think, about this. I think you're boring the dog because I hear her howling. Back. Yeah, she's she's howling. She wants in and I'm not letting her in. So. <laughs> Um, so there was a tax court case, a famous tax court case in 1987. It was the estate of Harrison versus the commissioner, okay? So basically in that case, uh, the decedent and his two sons each owned a general partnership interest with a family business. Um, and the senior Harrison also owned 77.8% of the limited partnership interest. Upon Harrison's death, his general partnership power to liquidate the business expired. So stop and think about that. It expired. So when it expires, that discount kicks in, right? Because now there's a discount because he's dead. So when it expired, um, so when it expired, accordingly, his estate claimed a substantial lack of control discount of the remaining 77.8%. So what he basically did was he took 77.8% from his taxable estate and, and moved it over to this limited partnership. So even though he had the full right to do that up to the moment of his death, his sons would continue to have such controlling immediate thereafter. So right after this happened, the sons now control this business and they control mm-hmm. it at a higher basis and all of that. The IRS felt it was inappropriate for the family, um, to, you know, to, to have, you know, full and the general partner would have control of the shares before and after the death. And somehow the bulk of the business in the form of 77.8%, the limited partnership interest still received a discount for the lack mm-hmm. of liquidation control of the Harrison estate. Hmm. Okay. Oh, wow. So, so here's the perfect example of there's a rule. Somebody found a way around it. Tax mm-hmm. court agreed with it. And here comes the IRS saying, wait a minute. Wait a second. We'll just make, we'll just make an, a, a code section on it. So of course they will. <laughs> here's what they did. They made a code section, um, 2704, which is what I just quoted. Mm-hmm. Congress, Congress stipulated that in situations where there's a lapse of any voting or liquidation right in a business, but the individual and his or her family have controlled the entity before and after the lapse, the full value of the entity must be included in the decedent's estate. But we have found ways around that. So we found ways around that by family LLCs, family limited partnerships, and we found ways around that. So the Mm -hmm. IRS is sick of us finding ways around it. So what they've done is they've basically turned around and they've said, well, um, you know, we're not going to allow this anymore. And they, they've come up with this new regulation. And, and this is very important. So you absolutely, positively, if this is something where you're falling into, you need to get with an estate planner immediately. If this is somebody with a small business, this is somebody with, with assets, you need to get them out of your taxable estate, get them over to these family limited partnerships or family LLCs, and mm-hmm. do that, do it now before this becomes law. 
Wow. And when again does this take effect? Well, it should take effect after the, you know, the, the public comment and everything mm-hmm. else. If nothing changes, it should take effect before the end of the year. Oh my, so that's not a whole lot of time. So definitely get to somebody um, to get this taken care of before this happens. And uh, always go to somebody who is, uh, you know, licensed, who knows what they're doing. Um, and if you have any questions or concerns or need to be pointed in the right direction, we're always happy to help. Send us an email and uh, we will be happy to try to help you out or at least point you in the right direction. And I think that yeah. was a lot of information, Craig. <laughs> Yeah, it really was. It really was. But I want to let you know that um, this is kind of funny. I had lunch with the tax attorney about three weeks ago, and he and I were talking about this. We were kind of knocking it back and forth. And um, I was telling him, I said, this is something that's closing. And the problem is most people don't know what it is, nor do they care, nor do they know anything about it. So that's probably more than you ever wanted to know about it. But this is a loophole that allows you to move large amounts of assets out of your taxable estate at 50% to something else and get a discount for it. Mm -hmm. So this is something that's very important. It's something that you need to get done immediately. Absolutely. I mean, 50%, that's uh, insane. Um, I think that that was a lot of information. So I think we should probably take a break and come back and answer all these emails that we have gotten. Um, I want to remind everyone that you can call us still at one eight 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 go forward or one eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. 463 6748 Send us your emails to info at We'll try to cram it into uh, the rest of our segment. And if we don't get to you today on the air, we will still respond to your questions. So hang in there and come back for questions. Craig Smalley is the author of 12 books regarding taxation. Two of his books have been revised this year. It starts with an idea revised edition takes you through the startup of a company. It talks about taxes, entity structuring, the IRS, and so much more. The Complete Guide to Estate, Gifts, and Trust Taxation Revised Edition is about how to navigate the complex estate tax. Both books have just been released by CWSEAPA Publishing, LLC, and are on sale now at Amazon.com. If you are a business that has outgrown your accountant but are not big enough for one of the big four accounting firms, CWSEAPA Consulting may be perfect for you. We specialize in tax consulting for small to medium-sized businesses. We can advise you on whether it is time to start a holding company or management company to mitigate your tax liability. We can advise you on whether it is a good time to expand your business, hire employees, buy equipment, or lease equipment. There are different tax reasons to do different things. Let our over 22 years of experience work for you. Call us today at 1-844-CWSEAPA or 1-844-297-3272. You can email us at info at cwseapa.com or visit us on the web at cwseapa.com. We're doing something amazing and we want you to be a part of it. With so many choices when looking for quality investment advice, you owe it to yourself to seek a professional who has your best interests at heart. At J.B. Meridian Advisors, we don't sell products that generate commissions or have hidden fees. Client assets are never locked up in illiquid investments that could take months or years to access, or worse, charge a penalty to sell in an emergency. 
Our simple structure aligns the interests of our clients with our interests by charging a flat fee based on the assets we manage. As your portfolio value increases, our firm grows. Call J.B. Meridian Advisors now at 877-398-0051 or visit us online at jbmeridian.com. Now, let's get back to Craig and Dulcis Smalley for more of Tax Avoidance is Legal on TalkZone.com. Welcome back to Tax Avoidance is Legal. Today we have been discussing estate tax and estate planning, and uh, we have been receiving a lot of emails. Uh, for those of you who are out there who still have questions uh, they want answers to, you can send us your uh, emails to info at taxavoidanceislegal.com, and uh, we have a bunch of emails to get to, so are you ready for them, Craig? Yeah, absolutely. Let's go. All right. Uh, we have a question here from Deanna in San Diego. Um, she says she is not married and has a business worth $11.7 million. Good for you, Deanna. She absolutely. Has two, yeah. She has two children, age 17 and 15. How does she pass her ownership on to her kids and avoid the estate tax at the same time? Call me, Deanna. Call me, Deanna. This is a very, very, very complicated thing. Um, Before you call me, there's an article that I wrote that was published in a lot of places about um, defective grantor trust. Read that. That's the best way to um, get rid of it. But it's very long and it's complicated and your situation may be a little bit different. But um, give us a call, 1-844-CWSEAPA or 1-844-297-3272, and we'll go over it. But there's a real smart way to uh, to do this, um, but it's something that I can't really go into um, in this format because it's very complicated, and I don't want to bore everybody with it. All right, Deanna, we'll go ahead and email you with uh, some of that information and how you can reach us and get additional details on what you could do. But congrats to you for uh, being a uh, single mom with uh, two kids and having a very successful business. That's amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we have a question here from Mark in Reno. Uh, Mark wants to know if you could give him some information on a uh, Nevada Asset Protection Trust. So you may yeah. have to explain exactly what that is, Craig, for those listening in. Yeah, there's here's the thing. There's a lot of information on the Internet about Nevada Asset Protection Trusts. And basically what it boils down to is these are trusts that are form in, formed in Nevada that people are putting their assets into. And basically in Nevada, there's um, a different firing order. And what that basically means is when somebody is sued, um, they go after you know, the, the person first, the company second, the, you know, so, um, the, the trust, uh, just basically uses the Nevada, um, firing order there where the trust would be last. Now, um, there's, nobody's ever tested this. So, um, it's, it's not something that is, it's well known. It, it's been around. It hasn't been around long enough for there to be any case law with it. Typically, these are pushed by people that are just trying to make a quick buck. So um, these are very new. They haven't really been tested. So my advice is stay away from them. Use things that are tried and true. And this isn't one of them. Yeah, always be careful. There is just a lot of uh, there's a lot of stuff out on the Internet, especially one of the dangers of uh, having uh, such quick and easy access uh, with the internet is that there's also so many other, so many things out there, and they're going to make it sound like it's the right thing for you, especially if they can charge a fee for doing it. But uh, 
not everything you read uh, out there is, uh, is, you know, reputable. Not everything is maybe effective for you. So you always want to make sure you go to somebody, uh, somebody who is a trusted um, and licensed person before you get, get into, uh, you know, falling for any of these, uh, you know, gimmicks or promotions that claim that that's the way to go or the thing to do. Exactly, because there's so much information out there about Nevada Asset Protection Trust, but they're brand new. There is no case law on it. So when there's no case law, when there's nothing that I can go to, because I I had a client, the reason why I know about this, I had a client about two years ago come to me about this. And um, I did, I boned up on it, did all the research that I possibly could on it, talked to lawyers in Nevada about it. And it's just, it's not something you want to get yourself into. Yeah, we've heard it quite a bit. I mean, we have an office in Nevada, so it is something that we come across uh, quite a bit, and uh, I'm glad that you addressed it. Um, Mike, Mike in uh, Boise says uh, he won the lottery. Ooh, all right, Mike. And took uh, the one lump sum payment option. The lump sum was $38 million. Oh, my. Oh, wow, awesome. He has four children aged 9 to 14 and is married. How does he save for his children's education, their future, and protect himself from the estate tax? Well, I, I'm going to tell you the same thing I told. Uh, what, I have was, a feeling Mike's not his real name, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't give my real name either. Yeah, so um, so Mike, I'm going to give you the the same advice that I gave to um, the lady in San Diego. Give us a call, um, 844-CWSEAPA or 844-297-3272. Um, I can tell you some basic general things is, number one, uh, for all of your children, you want to put 200 of fifty thousand dollars into a 529 plan uh the beauty of a 529 plan is that um you can put up to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars per beneficiary you own the account so um the child has no say in it um it stays there it grows tax-free and if they take it out and use it for education is tax-free as well if one of them doesn't go to college, it can always be transferred to uh, one of their siblings or even a first cousin. So that's that's something there. Um, you may want to consider ir- irrevocable trust for the children and put money in there for them and have them meet certain benchmarks before they actually get the money. But this is something that we really need to talk about in great detail. Yeah, absolutely. With the amount of money that you're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so sorry. This in this forum, it's really hard to give advice um, about that kind of money. So it's something that we we really need to have a private conversation about. Absolutely. Uh, Jillian in Cincinnati says that uh, she has a few things worth value. She has two children and an ex-husband. Does she really need to go through the hassle of doing an estate plan? Yes, everybody needs an estate plan. So um, that's a registered trademark that we own. <laughs> everybody needs an estate plan. You absolutely do. So let's say that something happens to you right now. Who's going to take care of your children? You mentioned an ex in there. I don't know if that uh, person is qualified to, I don't know if he's a missing ex or if he was part of the children's life. You've got to name a guardian for the children, at least. Um, secondly, uh, you don't want the state to come in and, um, you know, disperse the assets to whoever they disperse the assets to. And this is something you would want to do a trust for. So I don't know how it ended with your ex-husband, but 
you wouldn't want to see them come in and contest a will or something. So you would want to do everything with um, with a trust now. Um, but absolutely, it's something everybody needs an estate plan, especially if you have children and things like that. So, yes, you, you really need to go through the hassle of, of doing an estate plan. Absolutely. Yes, for sure. Uh, question here from Jeff in West Palm Beach. Um, he asks, does Florida have an estate tax, uh, estate, ex- uh, state, estate tax? Wow, that's a tongue twister. Okay. Does Florida have a state estate tax? The answer to that is no. No, we don't. Okay. That was easy. Um, let's see. What other questions do we have here? Marisol in Miami says that uh, she is a recent Oh, here we go. Another Florida, uh, another lottery winner. She's a recent Florida lottery winner, and she wants to know what she can do with the money to save on income tax. Absolutely nothing to save on income tax. So when you win the lottery, they withhold 20%, and the difference between what they've withheld and what you actually owe, you have to pay. So there's nothing that you can do to mitigate your income tax on lottery winnings. Absolutely nothing at all. Oh, well, that's too bad. But, hey, you won the lottery, so things are still looking pretty good for you, Marisol. Um, Curtis in Yuma asks, if the IRS passes the regulation that you're talking about, then how would a family pass on their business? I think that's Um, a really good question. Yeah, well, we'd we'd find ways around it. We would find ways around it. Um, One of them uh, is this... uh, defective grantor trust that I talked about that has nothing to do with um, with discounts or anything like that. Um, I sort of mentioned it, but yeah, I, we would find a way around it. Okay. I think we have time for just a couple more questions. Uh, Jessica in Detroit says that she recently came into some money and wants to put money away for her three children's college. Uh, she met with an attorney and he said to put the money in a trust fund. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think you put some money in a trust fund, but if you're looking to save for college, you want to put it in a 529 plan. And here's why. If you put all the money for their education in a trust fund, it becomes taxable to them. So you don't want to take something that's taxable. And in a 529 plan, everything grows tax-free and it's tax-sheltered. So um, you want to max out those 529 plans and then put more money into a trust fund. So this is kind of where the legal and the tax world kind of mesh. So a lot of times attorneys will give advice, but they won't think of the tax ramifications. But if you put money in a regular trust fund, you start these trusts for these kids, you're going to create a taxable event. And it's okay to do that, but not on all of the money. Mm, okay, yeah, good point. Well, finally, uh, Gregory in Orlando wants to know uh, what game you're most looking forward to this weekend. Oh my gosh, yeah! So college football season starts this weekend, so I'm really looking. I'm lo- really looking forward to Oklahoma and Houston. I want to see if Houston is really worth that number 15 ranking. I think that they're overrated, but you know we'll see. Of course, my alma mater, UCLA, is playing Texas A&M. LSU is playing Wisconsin. That looks good. UCL, USC is playing Alabama. I hate USC, so I hope Alabama's all over them. Clemson, Auburn, that'll be a good one. Ole Miss and FSU. Let's see if Ole Miss was actually a fluke last year or if they're not. So, um, you know, it's just going to be chock full of, of college football this weekend. Chock full, guys. That chock full. That means I have a, a free weekend, basically, to do anything I want, right, Kurt? 
Well, you know, I tape the games <laughs> and I watch them later. Ah, well, I was hoping I could just go shopping, but okay. Well, folks, I think this is uh, going to conclude today's show. Um, if we didn't get to your emailed questions on the air, we will definitely email you back. Remember to visit us at taxavoidanceislegal.com. And guess what I finally did, Craig? What's that? I finally updated the website, and now folks can also uh, link from there to TalkZone to be able to listen to all our past shows and things like that. And um, I'll be updating it soon with uh, oh our show. So the rumors I was talking about a couple of weeks ago are now true. They are now true. I actually, I actually awesome. did it. Awesome. Anyway, remember to visit us on our website at taxavoidanceislegal.com, especially now that I've actually updated it. Email your questions throughout the week to info at taxavoidanceislegal.com. The show is sponsored by Tax Crisis Center and CWSEAPA. And uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, CWSEAPA is a nationally recognized brand of accounting, tax, and financial services. Give us a call at 1-844-CWSEAPA or 844-297-3272. And you can also visit CWSEAPA on the web at cwseapa.com and you can visit Tax Crisis Center at taxcrisiscenter.com. Thank you for tuning in. We look forward to next week's show.